0: A lot of clients are like, "Oh, like, why are we paying this person to like go on vacation?" Essentially, and it's like, no, you're not. You're technically paying for an advertisement, Mm -hmm. but an advertisement that people trust from someone that they are following and have already built that really emotional connection with, or that personal connection with.
1: Hi, guys. I'm Christina, and welcome to my first full episode on Bite of Fashion, the podcast. If you haven't listened to my introduction yet, I highly suggest you do so you can learn a little bit more about me, the background of this podcast, and what you should expect. Today I'm going to be talking to Hannah, and she's actually a longtime friend of mine. And we met each other on a New York City subway, and that's so weird to say because no, that usually does not happen. I don't talk to people. But it was about four years ago, and I was on the way to a journalism conference held by her campus. I guess Hana saw me and figured I was also on the way to the conference and started talking to me and it was great because I was actually going alone and we spent the entire time together and at the end of the day we exchanged Instagram accounts. We were both in college at the time and hana studied in virginia so we didn't get back in touch until she moved back to manhattan and started the job that we'll be talking about today i thought it'd be interesting to talk to Hannah because she works particularly with travel influencers which is very different than working with let's say beauty or parenting and a lot of her clients are destinations like california japan chile And this means she needs to manage influencers actually visiting these cities, Going to restaurants, and it's a complete different strategy than just gifting an influencer a mascara and then paying for their image. In this episode, Hana will give us an insight on building relationships with influencers, what she tells a client when they aren't really sold on influencer marketing, and some tips on how to spot fake followers. I hope you enjoy this episode, and if you do, make sure to leave me a rate or a review. This is my first podcast, so it would mean the world to me. Thanks so much, guys, and here's Hannah.
0: I work as a digital account executive at a company called Development Counselors International. Um, basically, we're just a, tra- not just, but we're a travel marketing firm. Um, in addition to economic development, I work in the tourism practice um, and we are, our clients are destinations from around the world. Um, I specifically work in digital, so it has a lot to do with, um, with influencer work and really just connecting with Instagrammers and bloggers um, and also YouTubers to produce content that the client is looking for about their destination.
1: And yep. what does a digital account executive
0: do? Um. So basically, I mean, it's not... This is, like, one step or a few steps removed from, like, an entry-level position. Mm-hmm. So at, like, this point in my job it's really just about relationship building um so at the firm we have a lot of clients and the clients are different destinations and so it's really just like establishing that connection with those clients and um kind of understanding what they're looking for and then also the influencers and understanding what they're looking for and how we can utilize their efforts to produce content on behalf of the client so I kind of act as like a middleman almost because I understand both sides I like understand how influencers work what they're looking for out of a partnership like what you know ideal conditions like they have um to make a successful partnership and then I also understand the client side and like you know what's the client looking for like what type of content direction do they want um and just being that middle person who understands both sides is really the like the crux of my role
1: you kind of have that knowledge on both sides
0: yeah because a lot of the times like the client. This doesn't feel comfortable enough going to them directly because they just don't understand like how they work, Mm -hmm. um, like what are they looking for? Like for example, like their budget. Yeah, exactly. And so like we kind of do that, or at least I do that, um, from start to finish. Like I'll reach out to them, um, and really present the opportunity. I'll negotiate probably better than like a client would, for example, because like they don't really know what standard pricing is. So like sometimes like they would be like, oh, like we're gonna pay you like five, not five dollars. They'd be like, you're gonna pay like five hundred dollars for like a really extensive campaign or sometimes they'll be like oh we'll pay you ten thousand dollars for like a campaign that it's like okay like maybe that's not worth ten thousand dollars that's not a good roi so i really do the negotiating from like deliverables to like price point to like working out just like little things and and really understanding like what is feasible for me to give to them um on behalf of the client and what's like what do we expect in return basically Mm -hmm. is like the majority of what i do so
1: for someone who doesn't really understand this whole influencer marketing and how it works and working with the client and the influencer side how would you explain it like give an example of like what is a type of campaign that you guys would run because you're just in travel and tourism
0: right yeah so you know the fun like interesting thing about travel and tourism is that it is so broad like it's a huge huge industry and so it, enc- it encompasses a lot of things so we work like within the lifestyle industry within the food industry and travel and all these different things because like what do you look for when you travel right it's like you're not just going to different kind of sites and like that's it that's your vacation you're also going out to eat you're also going out to like maybe shop and like do other things that involve like a variety of different industries and that's what I really like about it you to touch touch everything, um, and we really say like in the industry that influencer marketing is like a blend of like a journalist and like an advertisement. So it's like you're not it's not like the client is going and putting an ad out on a billboard or in a magazine or something, but it's also not like they're reaching out to like Conde Nast Traveler or like Travel and Leisure and like trying to get a journalist to come there on their own. It's like a blend between both of them, and I think that's what is difficult for a lot of people to understand. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of clients are like, oh, like, why are we paying this person to, like, go on vacation, essentially? And it's like, no, you're not. You're technically paying for an advertisement, but an advertisement that people trust from someone that they are following and have already built that really emotional connection with or that personal connection with.
1: Yeah, so there's definitely been a switch from travel tourism with just ads of like, hey, come to New York or come to LA. Exactly. To now we're using influencers because they're more the authentic voice and they're more people, like you said, they trust. Um, When do you see, when do you think that switch happened or do you think it's still happening? Do you ever have clients who just don't understand influencer marketing and don't want to put a big budget into it? And yeah, how would you convince a client to do influencer marketing?
0: Well, it's a blend, right? So, like, as I mentioned before, um, things like advertisements, like billboards or magazines, like, that's, like, one side of it, but the other side is, like, a journalist. Mm -hmm. And a lot of the times, like, the clients, like, I mean, they're not willing to put in their money to, like, hard advertising, but they're they're like ideally they want a journalist so they want someone who will get them a story on the front page paper but the problem is now is that like people aren't reading the paper you know you're not going into a store and buying a magazine like you used to or you're not you subscribe to the new york times and reading it on like sunday mornings like you used to so it's really just trying to show the value of like everyone's on their phone everyone's on instagram everyone like at night probably watches some kind of youtube video um And just, like, the sheer volume of people, like, I think, like, one-third of the world is on social media. Like, that's a lot. It's, like, billions of people that you potentially have access to by influencer marketing. Um, And one of the best examples of showcasing that value is when I went up to a client and literally, like, showed them, okay, here are the unique monthly visitors of, like, of these two really big newspapers. And I'm, like, this one influencer one is double that. And it kind of just blew their mind. They're like, wait, what do you mean? And I'm like, yeah, like, twice as many people are going to see, like, that one influencer's post than in, like, these two newspapers alone. And just really being able to like, give them a tangible value of that is, like, when when they start to understand. And that's not to say that every client is like that. A lot of them are so forward-focused. Like, we have – it used to be in the industry that, like, they would want to work with bloggers, but, like, they would have to see, like, a piece of editorial content. Like, they would need, like, a piece of written content for them to be like, oh, like, this is totally worth it. Um, but now, like, we even have some clients who are like, no, we don't even want blogs. And Yeah, because
1: I feel like a lot of influencers or Instagram influencers now – don't even write on their blog that much. It's just yeah, kind of like the photos, the Instagram stories. Is that the main focus that you're seeing clients want right now?
0: I mean, so like, blogging is great, and it is it is really you know sexy to have that long form content and to be able to like print it out, for example, or to be able to like share it. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, is that it's so one sided, and that's the biggest problem that people who are only bloggers have or like only have a blog have is that like you're putting out so much information but the only way that like someone can really engage with that is to like comment under it or to like share it versus like instagram for example that has like a like the highest engagement rate of any other platform where they can like like direct message you or they can um like obviously comment too but they're more like people are way more likely to comment on an insta photo than they are on a blog post mm-hmm. and they can like share that photo or they can like regram you or that there's so much opportunity for that content to be engaged with versus like a one-sided exchange where like they're just putting out information and a lot of the times, like, I mean, that's the whole point of Instagram is you're engaging with content and with people that you care about and that you have the same interest as you. And it's not, you know, necessarily just Instagram. It's the same thing as YouTube, too. It's like you're you're watching someone and you're really understanding their story and you're engaging with them in the comments below in a way that you couldn't necessarily do with just, like, a, like a text, basically.
1: Yeah. yeah, I agree with that, definitely. I don't think I ever comment probably once on or twice blogs, right? or
0: on a blog yeah but if it's
1: an instagram photo definitely i'll like write a little comment exactly or i'll even send like a dm response to a story it's just more natural i think for like our generation now yeah and i mean so
0: many more people are also on instagram than like have blogs too mm-hmm. right so it's like it's like one user interacting with another user instead yeah. of like a reader act- uh, interacting with a writer mm-hmm. totally different so
1: explain what are some of your clients who are they?
0: Yeah, so we, our clients are, um, as I mentioned, destination-focused. So they're really tourism boards. Um, a lot of firms, like, will mix that. So a lot of firms will be like, oh, like, tourism boards, and then also, like, hotels, and also, you know, like, I don't know, like, juices or, or something like that. Um, no, so we're only tourism boards. Um, and so a lot of them, you know, both domestic and international, some examples are, like, Japan National Tourism Board. We work at the islands of Tahiti with Barbados. Um, those are, like, our sexier ones. Like, visit California. Um, We work domestically, too, like, explore St. Louis, um, like, Charlotte, North Carolina, for example. So it's really just, like, scattered, and I kind of like that because it lets you get, like, a taste of the entire world without being, like, oh, I'm a specialist in this one, one particular region of the world, which Mm -hmm. is cool.
1: And is there, if you can tell us, is there, like, an upcoming campaign or something that you're working on right now that's really exciting or maybe one of your favorite campaigns in the past? Like, explain how would... Visit California, what would an influencer have to do to participate in this campaign or what is Visit California looking for?
0: So we actually, so we worked with a campaign with them earlier this year and we no, it got nominated for an award, so cross oh. your fingers that it wins. Okay. Um, but it was called Catch the Winter Wave and we had a few influencers who were outdoor focused. Okay. Um, they came and they flew out to California and it was really phenomenal because the whole the idea of the campaign was that California is like a diverse enough state that you can go skiing and surfing in the same day. It was basically just a campaign to highlight like the diverse landscapes of California and like all that you can do there during the winter time um, and it was super cool because like we reached out to them from like the very beginning and we're, we're like hey so like we'll give you an all expenses paid trip to California um, to go like do crazy things like go on an ATV, go like hot balloon riding, go like like skiing, surfing, like go to salt flats like all these like once in a lifetime type of experiences um, and then and in return, we also we wrote custom blogs um, for their itineraries. So, like each of their itineraries, we made from scratch. Like we basically like connected with the influencers and and asked them like, what do you want to do? Like, what's your favorite type of food? Like things, all these like type of questions, and we made them a custom itinerary. Mm-hmm. And we ended up turning those into blog posts for Visit California's website. And so, yeah, and then we gave influencers the links to share that. And so, like, they were on Instagram or, like, YouTube or whatever being like, oh, so, like, by the way, if you want to copy my same exact trip, here's, like, the link to go to Visit California's website and get that same exact itinerary. And it was really cool because it, like, not only did it, um, it highlight, like, visit California's website and, like, drew traffic back to that. But it was also, like, just a cool way for the influencer to, like, engage with their own followers and be like, by the way, like, here's this awesome resource that. You can if you literally do, do everything I just did. Exactly, right exactly. And the influencer didn't even have to, like, put in that kind of work to be mm-hmm. like, oh, like, here's exactly what I did. They just had the link and were like, yep, go ahead, click it. This is what I did, which was so much fun. Nice.
1: And on the influencer side, what were they required to deliver? What were their deliverables
0: like? So it totally depended on the influencer because, like, some of them... Um... We, we, we hired them for this exact reason is because they're diverse. So And do you focus on just
1: one medium, Instagram? Or do you? what are the mediums that your company works No, on? and
0: that's the thing. And that's why this campaign was so cool is because mm-hmm. we hired them because they all had different ones. Like we hired one person who was stronger on Instagram. We hired someone who had a stronger blog. We hired someone who was really strong on YouTube. Mm-hmm. And that's the reason is because we wanted all that diverse type of content and we wanted to see what performed the best. And we wanted to really just like reach people in every single way so that like they you know were just inundated with this like idea of like oh california is an awesome place to be during the winter Mm -hmm. on all of their platforms
1: awesome okay so more into influencer marketing i think right now at least i've seen like the main conversation going around is like authentic following and for example i also work in influencer marketing so that's like one of the main things that the clients are like asking us about and making sure that the influencers that we get for these campaigns like have authentic following because it's super easy to buy followers especially on instagram um how do you guys go about that and when you're working with influencers when you're looking for them like what is something that you look into do you look into this what do you guys do
0: you know it's funny because it used to be a really big concern of mine like when I first got into the industry I'm like oh like what if all these like fake people want to go on trips Uh um but I don't know like I feel like as I get more into my role it's a lot easier for me to like just be able to look at content and tell because you know like it doesn't add up if you have 100,000 followers but get like 200 likes you know what I mean mm-hmm. it's just not not authentic same thing like, you can like scroll through their comments and see and if it looks like bo- like a ton of bots like you can just tell that that's not an authentic an authentic engagement mm-hmm. um, another great way is to tell um, by their Instagram stories and how many views that they get on each story because mm-hmm. bots can't view stories
1: so do you get this information from the influencer you ask for screenshots yep exactly
0: like- we'll be like hey can you send us a screenshot of your um your Instagram analytics or something like that and like most of the time you know it's something that is so easy for them to do and it's on mobile so it's not like oh like let me go and you know what I mean they don't have to go through a really difficult process to do it. Like it's just like okay snap text it to me you know it's it's instant it takes 30 seconds And so if they're hesitant to do that then we're like wait wait a minute like why you know um but then we also have like proper tools that we can use too like there's like a few tools like Lumia or Hype Auditor just these different type of tools that will tell you like okay here's what percentage of businesses follow this person here's what percent of other influencers follow this person Mm -hmm. here's how many people are like loyal followers meaning they've liked more than one post here's how many people have like only liked one post Mm -hmm. and you can kind of just like tell by that breakdown too like okay like this person is the real deal or like okay no they're not and a lot of the times like if an influencer is really really hungry for sponsored opportunities and the majority of their posts are sponsored it'll make us uncomfortable to work with them because Mm -hmm. like that's not the point they're not like a living ad platform and people get ad exhaustion like they don't want to be like looking at ads 24 7 they want authentic content so we're really careful about that and you know as our real influencers like the actual authentic ones like they're also picky with what opportunities they take Yeah, they're they not just going to take long. exactly they're not just going to take every single opportunity because it pays them because they know in the long run that's not a sustainable strategy for building out your platform yeah
1: no that's true definitely there's people who come back they're like oh um for example, they could say, "I'm vegan. I can't go to this restaurant, yeah. or anything like that," and they're not going to obviously. And you show
0: can that. respect that. Like, yeah. there's a lot of like, it's like, okay, that sucks because like my client doesn't get to work with them, but mm-hmm. like also like it shows that they're authentic to their own brand. Maybe there's like a client down the road or another opportunity that would be better for them.
1: So how do you find these influencers? Do you? I know you probably did a bunch of research, and you're telling me that you probably know every <laughs>
0: New York City
1: travel food influencer because you've been doing this for a while. But if an influencer wants to work with you guys. Can they find you some way or you reach out to them first
0: it's kind of both so when I first started I used to use um a lot of different platforms like I would use this program called group high I would use influence co um just a lot of these really fl- famous platforms to look up influencers I still do to an extent if I've been looking for something super niche like if I need like an influencer that's in located in a particular city that I'm not that familiar with I'll still use that but at this point like I kind of just rely on my own relationships or Um, I'll just use, like, the built-in tools that um, Instagram or YouTube come with, Um, like, the suggested people to follow or suggested, like, videos or things like that. Like, I'll just look and be like, oh, like, yeah, that is kind of what I was looking for if I already know an influencer that, like, matches that type of theme. Um, But, yeah, as, as you mentioned before, at this point, I also have a really good relationship with a lot of them and so like if I had a successful campaign with somebody and they might not be available or I've just used them so many times in campaigns I'll be like hey like I'll reach out to them I'll send them a text or an email and be like hey who do you think like, would be good for this and I trust their recommendation mm-hmm. because they're at this point like we're either friends or we're like really close like work Um, like business partners and so I trust their recommendation and like nine out of ten times like they will point me to somebody who is great and because I get that referral like that person is a lot more likely to work with me and be flexible and be more flexible with their dates and their budget and like Mm -hmm. like deliverables and all of that because we already have that mutual connection or that relationship that was already formed.
1: Yeah, you mentioned that you text influencers. I think that's so <laughs> that's so special. This relationship that you have with influencers, and does is it just you or your whole company? Um, other position your role, other people in your roles also have this like very close relationship with the influencers. Is that something that you guys like um, strive for?
0: I mean, or so it's totally normal. There's like there's two work styles, and I feel like the company has both of them, and one of them is like okay, you have this job and you're working 9 to 5 and you're very strict on working 9 to 5 and your work is your work and your play is your play. And I respect that. Like, I totally respect that you, if you go home at, like, 5 or 6 every single day and you, like, are like, no, that's it. I'm not checking email. I'm not checking Slack. Like, I'm done for the day. I totally respect that. I'm the complete opposite. So I definitely don't work 9 to 5 I work whenever I work um, and I feel like in the in the industry of travel um, having clients based internationally and then also having inter- influencers based internationally I work a lot on the west coast um, so the 3 hour time difference and even more so in like different countries um, you kind of have to be flexible and you kind of have to you know assume that not everybody has access to email all the time but they probably have access to whatsapp Mm -hmm. and they probably have access to imessage or you can send them an instagram dm and so and that's kind of like the offer that i've not explicitly but kind of like gave to my influencers and clients is like hey like you know I'll put it at the end of an email text me if it's easier or I'll be like like like, give me a call if like this is confusing to you or things like that and I feel like that makes the other person feel like less formal and more comfortable like you guys are more of like like friends, and that they can trust me. And same thing with the clients is, like, they, they feel more of, like, okay, like, this is somebody who I can go to, like, when I need help. And, like, sure, like, I might get, like, a text at, like, midnight or something from an influencer mm-hmm. freaking out, but it's worth it. Like, it's totally fine. Like, I, I prefer having that close relationship to, like, shutting off everything at, like, 5 or 6 p.m., being like, no, this is my life. It's just kind, mm-hmm. of, kind of how the industry is built at this point.
1: Yeah, I like that you say that. It's really interesting with, like, you kind of wrote, like, text me at the end, um, because, like I said, I've worked with Influencer before, and I used to have my number, and they would text me, and I'm like... Yeah, exactly. It's normal. So totally weird. normal. And they're like, hey, like, um, can I submit this photo? Is this okay? And I'm like, wait, like, this is so... It, for me, it was so different. Right. I was like, um, should I be doing this, or should I No, and I
0: think, like, the reason why is because like, we're so taught, like, especially in corporate America, that's like, oh, no, you need to be formal. Like, you need to, like, put, like... like Super super formal greetings would be like sincerely or dear at the beginning or end of emails, and that's like BS. Like to be honest, like we're we're all young people. A lot of the times, like you're working with people who are who are really tech savvy, or like at the end of the day, like we're all people and we're all building relationships so it's like why even have that level of formality there's like there's a difference between formality and professionalism and you can still be professional and start your emails off with like hey like hey girl what's up like that's not unprofessional to do that as long as like the body of your email or like whatever you're trying to convey is still there and it's still clear and it's still the goal of the business why not? Like, why not make that person feel more comfortable and establish that relationship?
1: No, I love it. You're so right. And when you're with um, an influencer who's listening to this, what is your ideal influencer when you're looking at them? What's the first thing you look at their profile? I mean, it could be you work with travel and food, right? Yeah. Well, so, like kind of
0: everything. Like, travel, food, lifestyle. lifestyle. But, like, yeah, exactly. Okay.
1: But if it's someone like you having this campaign in California and you're going to fly them out to California and you're spending a lot of money on this person, um, maybe they're based in New York, and then you're paying for their hotel, and this is all that they're getting, right? What is the minimum amount of followers that you guys work with? And then also, what is your, what are you looking for on their
0: page? To be honest, like, there isn't a minimum amount of followers. Okay. Um, it's more about, like, there's a few things, but it's... But what if they had 1,000 followers? Yeah, that's right? the thing. There, there is are, a minimum. But, like... The thing is, like... I don't know. There, is, We don't quantify a minimum though. We're not like, oh, they need to have, like, this amount. It's more about, like, what are the objectives of the campaign? What are we promising in return? Because, like, I'm not dumb. Like, I'm not going to be like, oh, you can cover one night in a hotel and, like, give you a rental car and then be like, oh, but you need to have 100,000 followers and post, like, 10 photos for us and do, like, no. Like, I understand that they work for a living. This is their job. Mm-hmm. And so, like, I completely get that, like, you know, like, fair is fair and we need to compensate them properly and we need to understand like that this is a mutual transaction if if we're not giving them what they're looking for in terms of like a right fit of content or like an adequate compensation that they're not going to be willing to work with us in the future either so um we really look for like, is it a good fit for the client in terms of theme? Like, if the client is focused on outdoor adventure, are they like food bloggers? Because that doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. Or like, we'll look at like, what's their engagement rate? If they, um, if they have like, we usually say like on Instagram, it's like two or three percent. Like, what are their their viewers on YouTube? Like, what are what are people generally like think about them? How authentic is it? Um, a weird thing. This might just be me. I don't think it is. it's it's. Um, I really look at like. Do they genuinely love what they do? Because I feel like you can tell that through through a post also. Again, like, is everything sponsored? Are they traveling because they like to travel? Like, are they doing it on their own? Or is it just, like, only because they're getting these deals from big brands? Um, things like that, basically, is, like, what we really look for. And then, you know, once we get through that initial vetting phase, then I look at, like, how difficult are they? Because a lot of the times, like, we'll have influencers who will just be super, super unflexible. Like, I'm giving them an offer, and they're like, no, like, okay, but, like, can we have this as well? Can we have this as well? Like, and then a lot of the times, like, they won't necessarily be flexible on budget. Like, and I'm very upfront. like, from the very beginning. I'm like, hey, like, this is either a budgeted opportunity or it's not. And a lot of the times, like, if they, they blow me off at like the second that they hear it's not a budgeted opportunity, I'm not inclined to work with them in the future when there is a budgeted opportunity. So they kind of miss out on that um so it really just depends it's, it's more about like what's a good fit for my clients a lot of it has to do with what kind of style I personally like and mm-hmm. like I think that is good quality content and what I can recommend to my clients because at the end of the day like that's the job of our agency is to provide recommendations to our clients moving forward
1: yeah you're right it's very like you're looking at what you think is good quality exactly maybe someone else who looks at it doesn't think it's as good quality but that's why they have you of making sure
0: yeah exactly and i mean like i have i have very rarely gone through an issue where a client disagrees with my recommendation like i'll pass on a rec and of course if the client's not done like they're going to look for themselves and and see how they feel about it too and Mm -hmm. most of the time like those recommendations are always aligned which is great Yeah, and I, like, also, I think
1: you said your campaigns, you don't work with, like, a lot of influencers. Like, you wouldn't work on one campaign with 100 influencers, right? Never. What is your average amount of number for a regular
0: campaign? Um, Again, depends on the campaign. If Mm -hmm. it's a smaller campaign, like, we'll host someone in destination for two, three days, we won't have more than, like, one or two people. Um, But if it's, like, a campaign that's a week long or more, maybe, like, two weeks long, we'll probably have, like, five, six influencers go down. I think, like, the largest... I've ever done was a campaign with like seven Okay. And, yeah, yeah, that's, like,
1: yeah. It's really personalized then. Like, you really have the time super to talk to these personal. seven influencers, yeah. have them do what they want, collect the data,
0: Exactly. Everything. Yeah, then we create their itineraries, and we negotiate, and it's, like, it's a super time-consuming process, but once you've already gotten through it, you've established that relationship, so next time it's, like, not as time-consuming, you can just shoot them a, shoot them a cute, uh, a quick text and be, like, oh, you know, like, we have this campaign going on, like, are you free, are you down? And, like, they'll text you back, like, yeah, totally, or, like, no, I'm not, so... It, Yeah, it's awesome.
1: What's your favorite campaign that you've done so far with your company?
0: Oh, it's so hard because there's so many good ones. The one I mentioned before, Catch the Winter Wave, like, that was just, like, mind-blowing. Was it Catch the... Catch the Winter Wave Wave. is what it's called, yeah. One of the reasons that was so cool is because, like, one of the um, pictures got reposted onto Beautiful Destinations, which is, like, this huge, massive Instagram account with, like, I don't even know, like, 12 million, probably more followers. Um, It ended up getting them, like just an insane amount of numbers like it was mm. like wait what like that's crazy um so love when that happens I also love when the itinerary is super fun too like I get super jealous of these influencers especially when I'm not going like there yeah, was well, like sometimes
1: you are going let's talk I about am. that <laughs> let's
0: talk about how you get to travel for your job
1: because I'm sure that is people's dream to tell us
0: what do you do when you travel oh man I mean like I'm super lucky. So to rewind a little bit, I was working in D.C. in public affairs, still in digital but not, you know, in the travel industry. But travel's always been my passion. I've been – I had a travel journal since I was, like, eight years old. Um, And then I have been, you know, I studied abroad, I travel pretty frequently and I kind of just came to this epiphany after a year of working at my job in public affairs that like I need to work in the travel industry, I need to travel. It was like while I was like on a sabbatical that I'm like, okay, like this is like definitely what I want to do. I had a little bit of travel writing experience in the past for like freelance outlets and so I applied to my job, got super lucky, ended up getting it. And now um, a lot of what I do is just like directing that content or like escorting influencers and showing them around my client destinations because again like I'm like a middleman I know both the client side and the destination and then also how the influencers work and so really just accompanying those influencers to make sure that like that the client is providing them what they need but then like we're also giving them direction on like okay like here's what kind of messaging that you should be putting out when you're on a campaign on behalf of this client so Mm -hmm. it's taken me a lot of really fun places um, and it's given me the opportunity to just you know see a lot do a lot um, eat a lot. <laughs> it's eat been a, a lot. lot of fun, especially <laughs> where, when
1: you work with food. And exactly,
0: so much fun. <laughs> you Get to
1: go to those restaurants, like trendy restaurants. Oh my gosh! Yeah, I've gotten
0: to try like so much good food. I go to so many fun places. It's been it's been real. I feel like
1: it's a very unique kind of service that you guys offer that you actually are on there on site. I mean, I guess I don't know much about the other influencer marketing. I only know about, like, influencer marketing platforms. You guys are, like, much bigger than that. Yeah. But the fact that you are there and the influencer sees a person – has a point of contact any questions of like what should i say here or what should my caption be like you're there it's gonna give them direction it
0: changes the game because a lot of the times like influencers are also nervous to work with these brands like you don't like the person is paying you you don't know what they necessarily want because a lot of times that's the first contact that they ever have with like the people who are signing their paychecks essentially so they're nervous about like oh like you know what what are the hashtags or what caption should i be using like is this the correct angle and so i can kind of calm their nerves and and you direct them on, like, what the client really wants but the client's also nervous so a lot of times like they haven't worked with influencers either so they're like oh like is this too much to be putting on the itinerary is this too much to ask for them like is this what we should be doing and uh, obviously like, i've worked with influencers so i can kind of go back to the client too and be like oh yeah like that's totally fine or like no like this is probably not what we should be working with when working with influencers so mm-hmm. yeah it's been it's an interesting role and it definitely didn't exist five years ago and no. i'm super lucky to be having you know gotten into it the time that i did but it's been an adventure.
1: Yeah, like you said, the cl- there's clients out there who, it's their first time, they're, so they're kind of doing this test experiment. Exactly. And kind they're of like, what is good? And you definitely have to guide them into, um, you know, maybe selfies aren't really that big.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so they shouldn't be doing that. But, um, yeah, that's really cool. It's a It's a blessing, honestly, that, like, both sides put their trust into me into, like, creating this, like, awesome, like, kick-ass partnership that is going to inspire people to travel. And at the end of the day, like, that's where my income comes from. It comes from people who want to get out there and see the world, and I think that's the most incredible thing. So what would you say is the
1: most challenging part about your job, other than... You don't really work a nine to five because you chose not to.
0: <laughs> that's not even that big of a challenge. No. <laughs> I think the biggest challenge is getting both sides to understand each other, mm-hmm. um, because a lot of the times, like influencers, will just ask for so much, or they, you know, will have a lifestyle influencer who's worked with brands like Pantene or like Microsoft or Dunkin' Donuts, and they'll be like, "Oh, twenty thousand dollars for this post, please," and we're like, "What?" Like, yeah, you kind
1: of have to bring it down. A yeah, exactly.
0: And, but you know that's the thing is like when they work with these like ginormous brands that's actually what they're paying them because like if they're partnering with apple like apple has that kind of money to shell out like when you're partnering with tourism boards which are most likely government agencies they don't and you have to understand that like that experience is really what you're getting and the thing is is like if you're an influencer who is really in this for like the money then it makes total sense that you're going to want to partner with these big boards i mean these big companies but if you're really in it for the sake of enjoying these kind of once in a lifetime experiences then you're more willing to like do it for not necessarily for free but like you're it's a trade-off yeah yeah exactly it's it's a little
1: different than okay they're getting paid twenty thousand dollars to talk about you know the shampoo products totally different yeah but like you said if they really like it this is an experience this is kind of like book like you said a once in a lifetime thing they're willing to go down maybe to $10,000 and like experience this whole thing so when you're if that girl who offers $20,000 are you able to negotiate with her what, do, what how do you get how do you convince her to join your campaign if you really need her and you think she's perfect
0: so the thing is like that's an initial outreach question so yeah. i'll come up to them or reach out to them and really say, like, hey, so this is a like once in a lifetime experience to do this and I'll tell them some of the things that we're doing like we're going to go on a hot hot balloon ride we're going to go sailing we're going to go um like ATVing in like sand dunes or things like that and you're going to have all of your expenses paid you won't have to like from ground transportation to your hotels to your flights to your meals like you won't have to lift a finger except for creating that content mm-hmm. and then you know that's kind of like where I start off with and if they're asking for like a budget after that and we have the budget then it starts getting into that kind of conversation but the key is really to letting letting them know the initial value of what I'm showing them basically um and I get that influencers need to eat like this is their income like how they make money um and that's totally fine we understand that and you know when we do have the budget we have the budget and when we don't we don't and the most difficult part is like when we don't and the influencer's like okay but what about this much budget and I'm like no like The thing is like we don't and that's not something that like i unfortunately can control it's not like i can't go back to the client and be like oh but can you like please find budget somehow because it's a government entity it's like not how it works um but yeah i mean it's it's really just a really delicate balance and you genuinely do have to find those um instagrammers youtubers bloggers who are in it for the experience
1: if that person says no you can find someone else who will say yes yeah
0: and that's like the crazy thing that i've discovered too is like if they're in it for the experience like it doesn't matter so like a lot of the times like we'll work with influencers who um for like one destination i'm not going to say names but for one destination they'll say okay my price point is like five thousand dollars and then we'll have another destination that might be like their dream or their bucket list and they've wanted to do it ever since they were little and they'll be like i'll do it for free Okay. Which is, so it totally just depends on who you're working with.
1: Yeah. Would you say the majority of the time, though, it's that you're giving them this whole experience, all expenses paid, and then they create this content for free?
0: Would you
1: say that's
0: what it is? It's shifting to not be like that.
1: Okay. Um...
0: And I'm not going to say it's a bad thing. It makes things trickier. But um, a lot of influencers are now realizing that this is a really lucrative market. Because it is. And everyone's trying to get into it. And if, like, someone doesn't pay you, it's not i mean it's not easy but it's not impossible to find someone that will yeah so that's the real trick again is just trying to explain that value and if they bite they bite and if they don't they don't and that's when relationship building becomes so important because like if you know if you're an influencer who knows me and trusts me and you genuinely believe that like i will keep coming to you which i do for different projects then you'll know that like that money will come and go um But if you have that relationship with me, you know those experiences will keep coming time after time. And that's really the value in, like, having that direct contact and that direct relationship with the influencer and the
1: publicist. Got it. So if someone said yes to this campaign, they know that they're probably going to get another campaign coming up soon with you. Exactly. Yeah. Everything went well, you know.
0: Yep, exactly. That's completely right.
1: No, I love it. That's great. The relationship part that you have, I think, is really key to keep them and always have, you know, a list of influencers ready
0: to go. It gets overlooked so much, but, like, at this point, like, these, like, I don't even like calling them influencers because they're my friends. (laughs) Like, it's, like, they're on, like, Instagram, and, like, I'll post, like... Nate,
1: can you name some of the big influencers you've worked with? Yeah! Okay. like,
0: some of my super, super good friends, like, Christine Tran from... Um, tour de Lust, like Jessica Hirsch from like Cheat Day Eats, like some of my like super close friends. I just went to um, Long Beach, California last week. Actually worked with um, like the Clumsy Traveler, my next Wanderlust, like these people who like I initially reach out to with like business propositions, and we end up becoming like on a texting basis or like on an Instagram basis, like Damon and Joe from like Shut Up and Go, like all these people who like we literally have this kind of relationship um, where, like, we can, like, text each other or we can, you know, Instagram DM each other or, like, we comment on each other's photos. Like, all like, my friends will be, like, okay, like, who the hell is this person with, like, 500,000 followers, like, putting heart emojis under your photo? I'm like, oh yeah that's my friend. So, yeah, I mean, it's awesome. Like, it's become so much more than just, like, a business transaction. Like, at this point, like, I asked them for travel recs. They asked me for travel recs. Like, same thing with, like, food recs, all all of that. And it's just genuinely because, like, you know, if you're working in this industry, it's probably because you love it. And that's the mutual, the biggest thing that we have in common is, like, I'm in the travel industry because I love to travel. They're travel influencers because they love to travel. Mm -hmm. So we really just, like, find that commonality and and end up bonding over that. And, again, like, these are people who, like, I don't have to, like, email them formally anymore and be like, oh, like, dear Christine, like, I'll, like, text her and be like, hey, girl, like, so I have this campaign coming up, like, what do you think, you know? And it's just a totally different type of relationship.
1: What are your plans for the upcoming, let's say, years, or what do you want to do now that you're in influencer marketing, in travel influencer marketing? what are the goals that you see yourself doing?
0: I mean, so I'm pretty addicted to the industry, so I'm not going to be like, oh, I'm going to go into, like, tech. Anytime. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, it's you're just definitely like, going to stay in travel. I'm we staying, know that yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's not, a, that's not like, a um, anything to hide. Like, I'm definitely staying in travel. Um, I love the digital sphere. I'd love to explore it more. Like, I've been taking classes in, like, Google Analytics and, like, um, like Facebook ads and things like that and, you know, just really riding the digital wave as long as, as, long as I can because it's my passion. Um, I love content creation and content direction, and I think that's really the direction that I want to take my career is, like, um, more, like, blog writing, more of that, like, you know, helping influencers directing their content, more of um, working with these, like, big, big, big influencer, like, brands or conglomerates and really, you know, just partnering with them in new and creative ways that the client, like, can't even imagine that don't even exist right now.
1: Do you think a lot of the times you're kind of telling uh the client like giving them creative ideas because they can't they probably have no idea what to do
0: it's really a partnership. So okay. a lot of the times, like we'll give them ideas, and then they'll give us feedback because, okay. like, like we can't negate the fact that, like, they know that their own destination better than anyone else course, does. Yeah. And so, you know, a lot of times we'll give them ideas, and they'll be like, "Okay, but like feasibly, that doesn't necessarily make sense." And it's like, "Okay, <laughs> fair, you know, it's like we're not gonna push something that like doesn't make sense with their destination." Um, so it really is. Well, just you also like, do
1: a lot of research. Into oh my that. god! Yeah, of like course. You went to Texas to those, like, cities in Texas. Yeah. What is the tort What What are people saying? Yeah, exactly.
0: So, there's there's a lot of research that goes into it. Um, publicists are really big idea people so we love just like creating the most like grand ideas or the most creative things and pushing it out to the client. Um, At the end of the day of course it's the client's decision based on like their budget and based on like what they think is feasible because like it is a lot of work on their part too. We ask a lot from them in terms of like you know they're the ones who actually go and like book the hotel rooms. They're the ones who actually go and like to those like restaurants and ask them for comps. So like we ask a lot from them and in turn like of course like they, they look to us for guidance and ideas but it's truly a partnership
1: it's really nice nice and what advice would you give to someone who's in college right now also loves traveling maybe someone like you when you're (laughs) in college and maybe in any type of way they want to get into the travel um industry what is something that
0: you wish you knew or i mean so it sounds like super cliche but like don't underestimate yourself basically like when i first started doing this i was like 18 19 like studying abroad super broke um and i really just like reached out to like like hostels um and like really like low budget hotels or like even restaurants and you know, pitch them and be like, hey, so, like, if you're interested, I can, um, like, help you with, like, your blog post, or I can, like, you know, like, help, like, do an Instagram takeover or something for you, and of course, like, 80% of the time, they're going to be like, okay, no, who are you, but then, like, that 20% of the time, like, they're going to be like, oh, cool, you know, like, why not, like, sure, and, like, don't expect things for free, but, like, a lot of the times, like, they'll, you know, they'll be like, oh, like, we'll give you a 10% discount, or, like, something like, like that, and there's nothing wrong with that, or, like, if there's an influencer that you really admire like don't think that they're going to ignore you like they're people too like like direct message them be like hey like how did you get into this or like you can even um ask to like meet up with coffee like for, um with them and so like, you already have those kind of contacts like going into it um yeah I mean that's like the big, big biggest piece of advice that I have is just like as much experience as you can like as little as it seems like go for it just because that kind of stuff matters so much when you start applying for jobs and the other biggest piece of advice I can say is just like pursue your passion don't go for something that at the end of the day is going to make you money but you won't love because it shows so much like I am obsessed with my job I love it I love the travel industry and there's no way in hell I would be here if I didn't because it's it takes a lot out of you, but it's worth it at the end of the day if you love it.
1: Mm-hmm. Thanks so much for everything that you
0: gave advice to.
1: And I'm going to put your Instagram handle in I the love description. It. So if people ever have any questions, you can go check out DM her travel DM me, you guys. <laughs> Definitely. Um, and, yeah, you can find out more about her there. Cool. All right. Thanks, awesome. guys.